Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to Episode 10. Hey guys, welcome to the show. We are 10 episodes in and having a lot of fun and uh, really appreciate you guys listening. If you listen to episode 9, I will tell you that uh, this episode is does has, does not have any tragic loss in it, uh, nothing that's going to uh, make you cry or anything like that, so just rest assured that I'm not going to throw one of those at you at the end of this podcast. I do appreciate the kind comments and the things you guys had to say uh, regarding that. Uh, if, you didn't go, if you didn't listen to that, episode 9 is really about Don Higgins and his story, and it's a great story, but I do talk a little bit about some personal things going on there. Um, but today we are going to not talk about that. We're going to make a little bit of a transition, and I'll tell you about that in a second. I do want to say uh, thanks to anybody that's uh, shared this or if you're able to review it on your podcast platform uh, like iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. Um, leaving five stars helps. I also think the reviews, uh, you know, letting folks know that uh, you, you like the podcast and, and those kind of things, that just helps me out. I do appreciate it. I love to have more people listening. More people listening means that we get more uh, interest and maybe some more stories. Um, I do have to kind of right now, I'm going out just kind of personally trying to contact people and get their story. Uh, so far, nobody's emailed me, but if you have a crazy or a great or a funny, uh, just a lessons learned kind of story that you'd like to share, sheddinglightod at gmail.com. Send it to me. I'd love to have you on. You don't have to be a pro. Uh, today, our guest um, was a little hesitant to come on the show because he didn't feel like he was a great hunter or anything like that, but I told him, I'm, I'm not looking for great hunters. Uh, we have some great hunters on the show. I'm, I'm just looking for guys like you and me who's trying to figure it out. And um, so that's that's what it's about. So we've been talking about on here the bad news and the good news. And I realized most hunts have bad news, good news to them. Um, and so today we're going to make a transition into a different uh, kind of uh, uh, talk. And it does have some bad news, good news to it. So let me let me tell the story first and then we'll have our guests come on. So about six years ago, um, I for I don't even know how I, I maybe I was just watching on TV or whatever, but I decided that I was going to start turkey hunting, and I want to tell you it was addicting. I spent that first year went and bought every call known to man. Couldn't figure out the mouth call very well, but I I knew how to run a slate and went out and I, I had a, several close encounters with different turkeys, but just wasn't able to get it done in the first year. And uh, so year two rolls around and I hit it hard the first couple weeks and had close encounters again but still couldn't seal the deal and I always have to hunt Uh, I have a hundred acre farm that a guy lets me hunt uh, because I only own three acres and not very much of it is woods in fact just a small strip of it is woods I live up on top of this big hill and then in behind my house is this wooded valley that goes down and then up the other side and I don't I only own like 10 yards of that so anyhow uh, it was a Sunday afternoon I'd been turkey hunting uh, a good bit up until this point and um, but we had some people coming over to our house we have what we call small group with church and uh, people will come over to our house in the evening and we'll have a, a some dinner and we'll talk and do a little bible study and um, so people were coming over for that and I needed to go out and mow the yard and I told my wife I'm going to go mow well from my garage to the shed I'm walking and I hear a gobble and I'd heard of the gobble there before. It's up on that hillside behind my house. There's a valley between me and where that bird is at. 
And I thought, well, I got a little bit of time here. So I ran back inside. I just threw on my vest and my hat. I didn't have any camo on other than, you know, just the vest itself. And I went down toward the edge of my woods, and I just called. And I called a couple times, and I I did uh, some yelps and did some cuts and nothing. And I sat there for like 10 minutes, and finally I'm like, okay, I got to I gotta go. So I came back up to uh, the shed, and he gobbles again. This time he sounds a little bit closer. So I thought, uh, I don't know, maybe he's... And he gobbled again. I'm like, man, he is he is interested. And so I went back down to the wood pile. Down, down, there's a wood pile that I keep right next to the edge of the yard. and Kind of huddled up there. I called, and I called, and I called, and nothing. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, and it was like 10 minutes go by. And I'm like, I really need to be mowing the yard. And uh, I thought, I'm just going to give him a quick cut call and see. So I did a little cut on my slate, and he fired off, and he was in front of me, and he had crossed the valley. And I thought, holy cow, it's it's going to happen. And I So I just stopped calling because this bird is definitely interested. doesn't have a hen with him. He's by himself and sounds to be a pretty mature tom. And so he comes bobbing through the woods, and I'm watching, and finally I see his head. And he comes up across the property line, and he steps almost into my yard. He's right there on the uh, – he's on my side of the property. So I pull up, and I shoot. And he goes rolling down over the hill, and I chase after him. And he is a giant tom. He had a ten-and-a-half-inch beard. I think he ended up weighing over 23 pounds, real big bird, and uh, one one inch spurs. And uh, I go down there. I mean, I'm just I'm just thrilled. I've got my first bird, and it's on my three acres. And so here's that was the good news. The bad news is this: my wife thought I was mowing, so I come up over the hill carrying this bird and I see my wife and I'm holding the turkey up I come running up and I got a smile on my face and as I get closer to her I realize that there are tears in her eyes I'm like uh, Kate what's wrong she goes I thought you were mowing and I hear a boom I thought the mower blew up and so she is like panicked and she's like I went down in the front yard to try and find you I looked everywhere I couldn't see you she goes I thought that you were dead and I was about ready to call the cops <laughs> so I had to calm my wife down <laughs> and tell her hey uh, it's okay I didn't die I, I shot a turkey and so anyhow uh, it was kind of it was a little bittersweet but got my first bird that way and uh, I've killed some since I'll tell you some of those stories as we go but thought I'd just make that, that transition today uh, to talking about turkeys uh, today we have a guest um I saw him on saddlehunter.com, and he uh, uh, has a unique way of hunting turkeys. Uh, you know, if anybody, anytime I have somebody from Saddle Hunter, you know the saddle is involved. So saddle hunting and turkeys. I just wanted to know if those two things mixed and how that would work, and that brings uh, our guest on today. So I uh, will tell you there was a few bit of, uh, I'm still working out the kinks on how to record some of these podcasts whenever I'm at my house or whenever I'm at my office, there's a little bit of a uh, technical issue where sometimes you, my voice fades out on a few things. Um, just the, the cell service wasn't great. But I think overall you'll be able to, to get what Richard has to say. And so all that said, we're going to jump right in and hear from Richard Packer. All right, guys. I am here uh, with Richard Packer. Uh, Richard is from uh, southern Ontario. He is a farmer. I've been farming since 1984 and uh, has a big pig farm there in Ontario. And uh, just want to say, Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, about yourself, just gave a little bit there, but um, what else are you into? And uh, give us a little rundown of, of who Richard Packer is. Well, um, i certainly not a special hunter. hunter I, I see you say in, interview average Joe. So, But uh, <laughs> I, I've uh, uh, pig farm for 30 years, well, since 1984, so a little longer. And I rented the barn three years ago, and really I had... No, 
between family and and church and um, uh, farming, I really had no time to hunt, but uh, something that always interested me. And um, I guess uh, I guess the other thing is, I guess I played hockey. That was my hobby. When I couldn't play hockey, I wanted to do something else. And so I thought about hunting. I had a friend named Ron, and he's shown me, taught me a lot about hunting and guns and, and bows and, and the regulations in Ontario, which are complicated. Yeah. And, uh, so um, that kind of. So you didn't. Answer. So Richard, you didn't grow. Didn't grow up. No, I didn't hunt. Um, my dad was a cop in the city, actually, and uh, we, he didn't like hunting, so I didn't know about hunting really. So. So, uh, your friend gets you into it. How did he introduce you to to hunting? I have a five thousand acre swamp near me, and he lives a couple hours away, and. And he, I went to high school with him and we reconnected and I think really he wanted to hunt for geese and duck in the swamp. And, and so, uh, and then I let him hunt my bush for my, for, um, deer. And then I kind of went from there and, uh, I purchased a shotgun and I purchased a crossbow because I got a bad shoulder and uh, I um, sort of went from there. So you did you start out with deer hunting or did you go into turkey? I started out with um, deer and uh, some geese. And uh, I went into turkey after. Okay. And um, really, the first time I thought about turkeys is I was sitting in a tree and there's turkeys under me and I didn't have a license. So then I went out and got a license and didn't see anything for a year and and then, then I, well, maybe it wasn't even, it's hard for me to remember how long, but it wasn't that long. And then I did see one, I shot one out of the tree, which is just to me a complete accident because I've never had the opportunity again. I've seen turkeys, but never had the opportunity, but I always carry a turkey license in the fall. And, um, but that's really, I've never bothered trying to turkey hunt in the fall. I simply want the opportunity if it comes. So. And it was actually butch it. Guido's web that suggested that well he he said he'd killed a few from a tree and I've only killed one and I su- suppose that was an accident. For our listeners, uh, Guido's web um, for a person that doesn't know anything about saddle hunting or or what that what what is that what exactly does that look like and and how does it work? Well, the Guido's web has recently been replaced with a hybrid, which I sold my Guido's web and bought a hybrid and it's a JX3 hybrid. The guy who owned Guido's was bought out. But um, well, he retired. And uh, basically, Guido, Guido's Web is a very comfortable type of saddle, um, or the JX3, and um, really it incorporates a backpack, and it's, it's like a turkey seat almost that you sit up in the air with, with a tether just like a regular saddle. And um, you can climb a tree with it. It's, it has, uh, it, 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 it's as comfortable as a, as a um, climber, um, probably quieter because there's no metal in the and the JX3 actually doubles as a backpack quite easily. It's got a frame on it, and so um, that's what I've never used it for turkey hunting yet. But it's identical to the Guido's, but updated in a lot of ways, and that's what I intend to use this spring. But um, it's uh, it's a great product. Um, I mean, I, I also have hunted out of a Kestrel Arrow Hunter and. Uh, tethered and i'm sure they would all work for what i'm doing too it's just that um the guidos is basically like a turkey ground chair almost and 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 the jx3 can be used as a ground chair but it sits directly on the ground um, mm. 
So, and when I've hunted with the Guidos, I've always uh, found, and I don't know why I did it this way. I don't think anyone taught me, except that Butch gave me the idea. He's killed turkeys from the air in a Guidos using the tree as cover. So I thought, well, I want to hunt from the ground for turkeys. And so I simply looked for a bigger tree than I might saddle hunt out of, attached my Guidos, or Guidos web to the tree with my tether, probably sat about six inches off the ground. And really, um, then I put my decoys out in front of me, um, and um, um, the uh, tree acted as my cover. I, I mean, I had a bit of, you know, raspberry canes and stuff I might have cut down in front of me, but basically there's open egg field and a large tree in front of me, or in a couple other cases, there's two or three trees close together. I would tether to the middle one, or one time I shot one out of a cedar tree close to the ground, but there's lots of cover there and attached to the tree as well. And the only reason I mentioned it on Saddle Hunter last, you know, if it only worked once, I probably wouldn't even think about it, but I'm sure it works because it's worked for me several times now, I think four times. So, Okay, well, let's let's go back to the, the first time. Um, you go back, you start turkey you know, you deer hunt and goose hunt uh, and then you get into turkey hunting and you decide to use this saddle setup um now that first one was that from the tree or uh, up in the tree or are you down on the ground using the yeah, the first one was just a fluke it was from a tree and okay. it was when i was deer hunting but i never got one since from a tree okay never, uh and that was in the fall yeah in the fall the all the others were in the spring and i was purposely turkey hunting okay well let's let's get into number two then so number two you uh your setup. Um, how did you choose your location, and, and how did the hunt go down? Like, what happened, and, and uh, how did it all work out for you there? Well, like I am an average Joe that really is just learning how to hunt, and so really, I'm busy in the spring planting corn or soybeans or picking rocks or whatever, and um, I only have limited days. And so, if it's wet or something, I usually ask my neighbors where they've seen turkeys, so they do the scouting for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea <laughs> and, and and then i just go where they've told me where they are and and i set up uh close to the ground usually a, a tom and a uh a hen decoy and um and then i make some calls that are probably not even that good but they seem to have worked and uh um basically i've had i don't know percentage of like i certainly don't go I certainly had, in a sense, a higher percentage of success with turkeys than I've had with deer. Like, I don't claim to be a great deer hunter either. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would say my success rate, I don't know what it would be. It'd probably be one out of three hunts because I don't hunt that much. The the thing that really intrigued me about it is, one, and I, when I took the turkey course in Ontario, I sound like a newbie, but uh, when I took it, um, you know, they always worried about you getting shot, right? <laughs> and I yep. thought, well. If I, you know, a lot of guys supposedly, and I've never done it, sit with their back against a tree with some cover in front and, and decoys out in front, and that's how you get shot, right? So I thought, well, why don't I just sit behind the tree like when I'm saddle hunting? And so uh, I sat behind the tree, attached to the tree, six inches off the ground. Turkey came in. I could maneuver behind the tree to stay cover, under cover, and all I do is push back with my feet and, and rotate. And then um, when it got real close, I simply put my shotgun up against the side of the tree and pulled the trigger. And so, um, to me, it's sort of nice because, one, I think I'm safer unless someone shoots me in the back, which is likely. And, two, uh, um, 
Well, it's just a lot of fun, right? <laughs> Everyone I've shot has come within 10 yards, and uh, I've even had two big toms in line, and I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. They're coming in, and, and um, I'm, not, I'm only allowed to shoot one a day, and I had a shot, had a shot, and I had to wait till they separated, and then one jumped to my decoy and put a hole in it. And... I think that's really smart on your part. The thing, you always have to worry about cover because their eyes are so good. And so a yeah. lot of guys you will use a blind, but a, lot, a blind really as far as your sight and what you can see. And um, so I, I think using that web is really an innovative, good idea to kind of use that tree. And then the nice part about whenever you swing out, I can imagine that you do more stealthy, like you'd make less noise being in a tree saddle, kind of like leaning out and, you know, not rustling the leaves as you go. Well, yeah. And of course you clear the cover of your feet and, and really I find there's good stability when you simply push back and you're virtually in a standing position behind the tree, right? And um, so it's easy to get a nice shot. Like the last time I killed a turkey, uh, it was kind of fun too, because maybe other people have lots of these experiences, but, you know, it'd be a big thunderstorm and I was soaking wet and I wondered if I should go back because the lightning's cracking around. And, and then I look at the radar on my phone and I thought, well, it's going to end in a few minutes. And so I sat there and, and I let out a few calls. And the cool thing was to just watch these two big toms come. And they came from probably... I don't know, half a mile. It's neat because in an open egg field that's not planted, you could sit and watch them. <laughs> and I called a few times, a few times. They just kept coming, kept marching, kept kept marching. And I called a few more times. And, and they marched within 10 yards. And those are the two that lined up like soldiers. I, I couldn't shoot because I couldn't shoot two of them. And then finally they separated. And then I, and I hit the one. But um, And I've got some decent-sized turkeys. Like I, I mean, they're not records, but they're all over 20 pounds. And... All of them, their spurs are over an inch, up to about, I don't know, inch and three-eighths. And, and the beards are nine and a half to ten and a half inches. So it's fairly decent-sized toms. But, but I don't claim to be super excellent. And I, I don't even know what I do right or don't do right. But I'm sure that that is one thing that people could certainly benefit from, simply using the tree and a saddle as a cover. Yeah. Well, that's I, I appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing that. I think that kind of gives some guys some ideas of another way you know, people, you got to justify pain for a saddle, right? And so, <laughs> and if you're just using it during deer season, well, here's maybe a way for you to, to in the spring, and, uh, you know, that's something I might give a try. I like, I like sitting in the saddle. It's comfortable. So if you had a good tree in front of you that was kind of wide um, or a couple trees, like you said, that would really good, be good. What, what advice would you give? I know that you have, kind of, uh, you know, just getting into it a little bit, had a few years under your belt. What would, what advice would you give to somebody wanting to uh, try this style? Um, honestly, um, it's not that expensive. You mentioned expensive, but I mean, a good climber is expensive. A good hang on is expensive. That's Multiple true. stands are expensive. And I mean, I'm at a point in my life where I remember what it was like to have no money when I was 25 and started farming, but <laughs> a little bit better now. And, um, but at the same time, I mean, I've sold saddles that I didn't like and, and I lost a little bit of money and, and, uh, um, but honestly, I like I love my hybrid, and I, I actually just sold my Kestrel and probably sell my Mantis. And either, well, I, I'm going to try a kite, and see, I'm always trying something different, right? And I actually, give some of my Canadian brothers maybe a good deal on a saddle because uh, um, the duty and and the um, GST and the and the handling and the shipping increases our costs thirty to forty percent, but. Um, I, I, as far as advice, if you can find someone where you can try it, 
I had a guy in here the other day and he tried two saddles, didn't like the one, took the other one. So he never saddle hunted. So, um, and as far as cost, I mean, you can make it cheap if you want to do a do it yourself one, like a fleece saddle or whatever. Um, but uh, honestly, it, it's not expensive. It's not expensive. Um, I mean, I had a hang on, I had a climber, and I spent as much money on those. So. That's true. I guess if you look at it that way, in comparison to the other options out there, it is going to be about the same price. So that's that's a good point. Um, yeah. My friend Ron, I think he thinks I'm crazy because he's hunted 35 years and he's in his way, right? It's kind of like a farmer doesn't want to change something. And yeah. so um, I'm probably one advantage. One thing I don't have his experience, but I have a little more of an open mind, I guess. And I think that's probably the hardest thing for new saddle hunters is overcoming the skepticism and the people with a lack of uh, open mind. I don't know anything better, so. <laughs> yeah, I, that's awesome. Well, that's awesome, Richard. Thanks for coming on. I, I think um, one thing I will add to that is that um, if you want to know, if any of you are interested in saddle hunting, this isn't my first podcast talking about that. Uh, if you go to saddlehunter.com, there's actually a, a uh, search for the, the map. And Guys that um, start saddle hunting can put their location on there, and you can actually get in contact with somebody that might be close to you. And there's there's saddle hunters like all over the United States, all over Canada. I think there's even some you know overseas. And so I uh, would highly recommend checking that out. But anyway, Richard, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your your hunting experiences. And uh, are you, what's your plans for uh, turkey spring coming up here? Turkey season this spring. There we go. I got to fit in some time around regular work and hopefully uh i get some again so i usually get one or two tags i get one and then if i fill it i'll get another one i often don't fill the second one yeah. so basically i intend to use my hybrid yep and, um i was thinking if i get one with a shotgun maybe the next time i'll go out with the bow so that's but. that's where my head is at too i'm thinking i think i definitely this is this makes year six for me and so I'm still still learning it just like you are, and I love it. And I've killed a few, but uh, last year I got skunked. So I got, got to go out and redeem myself, hopefully like maybe opening weekend, and then, then I might try the bow. So well, I got skunked deer hunting this year first time, and it's kind of a bad feeling. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. Well, I hope that you don't get skunked. I hope that you have a great season, and, and thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. What I love about doing podcasts like that is just hearing creativity and, and how guys are just figuring out how to do it on their own. And uh, that's what Richard's doing. He's he's taken this saddle and uh, gotten some ideas from some guys, and he's just making it work for himself. And that's that's awesome. That's you know that's what average Joes have to do. We can watch TV, and it might not be reality uh, for us. Um, you know, some of the stuff that we watch on TV, I, I know it's not always as easy as just sitting down, calling, putting out some decoys, and you, you shoot a turkey your your first time out. I had to learn that the hard way and um so sometimes you just got to be smart and learn and uh, you become a better hunter proverbs two eleven says discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you um i see richard using discretion putting that tree in front of him to protect him in case somebody would come in and shoot at his decoys which which does happen and i see uh, other guys just using their understandings of how deer move and how elk move and just growing in that it helps them become a better safer hunter and i just think that that's applies to life uh, in our life we need to gain understanding you know some of us have a very basic view of god we don't know a whole lot about the bible and i would encourage you to to try and learn some more 
Um, open up your Bible, read. If you don't understand things, ask people. You're always welcome to ask me. I don't know everything. I don't know half of the stuff in there, but it's it's a process, and you're continuing to grow, and you're continuing to learn. And I believe, you know, learning about hunting is one thing, but learning about who God is, learning about the Word of God, I think that's probably going to add some protection to our life and, and, and help us have some discretion. So uh, there's my two cents for today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm going to post some pictures of uh, Richard's birds up on Facebook and uh, over on Instagram. So go ahead and give us a follow there. And remember, as always, shed the light.